What's up, everybody, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. How are you? How's everyone doing? You right? Yeah, good to see you. Yeah, we've been a while, haven't we? We we aimed for fifty-two podcasts last year. We failed miserably. Can we do that this year? That means I already missed. I already missed four weeks. So I need to make up four episodes and do one a week this year. Let's see if we can do it. We're going to start with episode one. Not really episode one, but day one of of prep, um, or week one of prep, I should say. I'm actually six days in, and I'm sat down to record this podcast, but most importantly, our old friend is back. 3D Blue Energy. Oh, it tastes so good. I've not had one of those since prep last year. And it tastes so goddamn good. Um, so here we are, guys. We're, we're six days into the first the first week of prep. It's been a long, long time coming. I'm actually a little bit ill. You might be able to tell in my voice. Literally, the day I got back, I got a little bit of a sniffle, which is killing me. It's not Corona. I had a test. Don't worry. Um, and yeah, like I thought I would just give you... I thought I'd give you like a... I don't want to give you a full off-season summary because we've got a YouTube coming, a YouTube video coming Wednesday. This today Sunday. Um, this might be out either Sunday or Monday, and uh, it's going to go through over the whole off season. What we did wrong, what we did right, what potentially the drugs we should have changed, and what they did to me this time, and what I look to change next time. But all, all in all, I'll give you some weights. We came off stage at uh, eighty-eight kilos last year. I pushed up to a um, hundred kilos on TRT. And then went on a blast, and we hit 117, which was really fucking heavy, fat, and hard. Not hard, as in muscle hard, but hard as in physically hard to eat that much. <laughs> we then went back onto a, a modified type cruise, and we lost 12 of those kilos that we put on to 105 kilos. Then I dropped to TRT for a month, and I stayed at 105, 106 for a month at TRT. Um, got my blood work in a really, really good place. Um, and then went for another blast. We pushed up to 116.7 kilos, but much, much, much leaner. Like it was only like 0.5 off my all-time high weight in March 2020, but I was so much leaner. And I really just held there for the last couple months now. Um, so December and January, I've been on a on a cruise, which has been 150 test. So it's actually a little bit above a natural range because I wanted to really, really focus on keeping keeping the muscle that I've built this year and. When this all said and done this year, and we've got what what we need, what we've come from, and we've got what we came for. Sorry, I can have a really really long extended period of time off drugs, and that's that that that's the theory, that's the the idea. Wow, this is so so carbonated. Um, in fact, it's it's low carbonated, but it's making me burp. Almost it. So that that's pretty much the off season summarized, extremely briefly. Uh, I've been holding around 115, 116 uh, for the whole of December, and that was including going to the Maldives where I didn't didn't eat enough to hold my weight. I came down to 112 by the time I was back. Went back up to 116 in a couple of weeks. Went to Dubai for 10 days at the beginning of January. Um, weight, weight stayed the same again, and we've literally been flirting around 115, 116 since. Started prep six days ago. Took an immediate drop in food, took an immediate drop in weight, was down to the 114.34s, um, and then just it said this morning I was 115 again. So we've we've kind of started our prep. Um, we made a few little changes. 
I was eating 5,300 calories on training days. I moved to 4,300. So we took 1,000 calories off. Uh, in fact, we took 1,000 calories off both days. So I'm on three. I'm on 4,300 calories training days, 3,300 calories non-training days, and we bumped our steps to 10,000. And they were probably around four or 5,000. And I'm really, really feeling that. Um, there's a few things to consider in that first week of weight loss, um, or weight change, I should say. You've got a few things at, at play. You've got a thousand less calories going in per day. So that actual, if you take that thousand calories, stick it on a food scale, that counts as weight in your food system, in your digestive system. So that actually counts as some. With that food comes water. So you'd hold a little bit of water from that. Um, so I would have lost a little bit of glycogen. I would have lost a little bit of water. I would have lost a little bit of food in digestive system. But then I've done double my steps and I've just started training after a deload. So both of those things um, are going to, encourage a weight gain because they're going to hold a little bit of water from inflammation in the legs i can feel my legs i can feel my ankles they feel a little bit swollen from all the walking because i'm just not used to it and i'm 116 kilos so it's a lot of weight to move a lot of times per day so i've got that little bit of a fluctuation we've also this is the first week on cycle so you're going to have a fluctuation from aromatize so we've got more testosterone going in double the testosterone i'm starting at 300 milligrams um which is where i finished my off season by the way so you can see how low these doses are, um, but double the aromatize. You know, I'm going to have more estrogen. I'm going to I'm going to have more water being held, and I and I can definitely feel the water being held. But I do feel a little bit leaner. So we've got that position where we could be gaining muscle, we could be losing fat, we could be holding inflammation water, but we could be losing water from food. So this first week is very much a null week. This is a very much a don't worry too much about the scale worry about how you look and then over the next couple of weeks as your hormones start to peak as you get into the routine of, of of walking the inflammation starts to drop as you get into the routine everything will find its equilibrium so that's pretty much how that first week's gone um we've got to check in probably gonna have to check in tomorrow um with cow we'll probably make a food change like i think food's still pretty high to be fair like i'm hungry i'm definitely hungry this first week but it's, it's nothing like I, I i can feel that I can feel that I'm floating around maintenance. And I did say this in uh, a podcast that I was on a couple of days ago. I, I thought my maintenance was around three, nine, four thousand calories, which is pretty much the average of what I'm having right now. Five days a week, I'm on four, three, two days a week, I'm on three, three. It brings the average about three, nine, four thousand. So I was always under the impression, impression that we were going to drop straight to maintenance or we we're going to drop our food straight away. And it was going to have me around maintenance after an initial weight drop which is sort of what's happened so i'm sure we can eke off more at this but we don't need to be waiting we don't need to be waiting around the you know we're not we're not here doing a mini cut we don't need to let's just hold another week we don't need to do that we're gonna there'll definitely be a, a change we've got 16 weeks now um until we're on stage and we'll probably need to lose 16 kilos or more 20 kilos probably um so it's going to be over a kilo a week that i need to be losing on average and we'll we'll probably make adjustments every week that we don't achieve that i would have thought so those those few things to consider what else is new what else is new nothing really obviously i've moved back home with the mumsy um she's in the support support bubble whatever the fuck you want to call it i don't know she lives on her own therefore i can come here um which is obviously great because i can also film out of a gym uh, anyone who's been following me on instagram um, you won't know on YouTube yet, but on, on on Instagram, I've been posting my some of my workouts. I've been training out of the Grow Room in Tortworth, um, which is an amazing, amazing little facility. Uh, I actually train there. I train there, I should say, when I'm at home. The owner's really nice. 
um, constantly investing into the business, constantly striving for more in the business, which is obviously a gym that you want. That's what, that's what you want. You want, you want a guy who's always trying to progress the gym and get new equipment, and he's always asking the members what they think they should get and what they don't like. And guess what? Like when all the members say we don't like this, the next week it's gone. You know, so it's a very, very actionable place, and I highly, highly recommend you to check out the first video on Wednesday. We're going to do a full gym tour. Uh, the main gym, actually, which is a really, really nice facility, um, actually got burnt down in one corner. Um, it wasn't a crazy fire. I think the sunbed got caught alight and, and just burnt down before they realized. It actually caused some structural damage just to the main shell of the building, so they had to move out, which was a pain for the owner. Um, so he bought a fucking tent, and it's the biggest tent you've ever seen in your life. I actually used to put up marquees. So it's probably, back into my marquee days, it's definitely 40 foot wide. It's probably a 40 foot by 80 foot, I would say. 40 foot wide, 80 foot long, um, with 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 a couple of toilets in there as well. And then he's just moved every single bit of equipment in there, floored it all, rubber floored it all out. So he must have spent so much money to move it into this tent, which is just on, uh, on some land away from the gym, while they build, while they restructure the building or do the structure engineering to the building. So it's in a tent, it's very, very cold, um, but it's such a unique atmosphere. Um, obviously, there's no atmosphere at the moment because it's just me in there training on my own. Um, but we've been we've been given this unique opportunity to film there. Um, videography is still legally allowed to, to go ahead. Um, if you're a professional sports person or if you make money from your sport, you're still, you're still allowed to perform your sport at a high level. Um, with this series on YouTube, like with the potential income it can give me, um, it, it makes a lot of income for me. Do you know what I mean? And by a lot, I mean as a percentage of my income. It's gonna, it's gonna be good, you know. Or, or, or it was good last year or last time I competed. And I know that if I didn't have this opportunity, it would massively harm me, especially considering the drop off in in clients because of coronavirus. Um, less people buying stuff of one of because people don't have as much money. So both of my businesses have been impacted. I wasn't about to let it affect another side of my business because obviously YouTube views do pay me. I do get money for them. And um and I think um I think I've been given this this opportunity here to really capitalize on everything. I'm in I'm in a very zen state. You know, I've got this gym on my own or or me and the videographer me and my videographer who doesn't who, you know he's not there to motivate me he's not there to say come on Josh he's just there behind the camera doing his job so it's just me getting it done um i'm i'm trying to work out whether i can train with one of my friends cuz he does live alone um but i know that you can't technically change support bubbles but if i'm now living in this household uh, i don't know whether i give it 2 weeks to make sure i've got no symptoms and and then then we can join households Maybe that'll be all right. I need to just check the legislation to make sure I do that before we start sticking stuff on camera and, and doing that. But I'd love to be able to train with just one person. Um, and he lives on his own, so hopefully it'll be all right after a couple of weeks of being here. But it's only been a week so far. So technically, I'm not out of the green light, out of the green area um, or the red area, whichever way you want to do it. Um, and yeah, like we've just kind of been getting into the routine this first week. You know, it's just me and my mum here. It's 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 the coronavirus, so I can't go see friends. I'm just there in into the shop, get my food for the week, and I'm and I'm back in, and I'm doing my steps, and I'm you know I'm I'm even separated from Amy, my girlfriend. You know, there's no, and I don't want this to sound, I don't want this to sound horrible, 
Amy, when you're listening to this. But being being apart is fucking horrible. I hate it. I wish I I would much 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 rather be with her. Of course, you know she's on her own in London. I've still got to pay my rent there, and I'm going to be here for the next couple of months until we go back into tears at least because I need to be able to train. I can't train in London, and if I can find a place to train in London. Um, it's very very difficult for me to film there so it, it, and also the gym that I can train at and have trained at a few times um, legally under the filming because we've been filming there it's, 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 it doesn't have everything that I need as a professional bodybuilder if that makes sense I could make do if I was just trying to make do and I was just trying to make some progress there but it's not what I need as a pro card running season <laughs> if that makes sense so I had to make that sacrifice and come here um, But that means I've got no I've got no excuses I've got no distractions Not that Amy is a distraction This is why I wanted to say I don't want this to sound horrible Not that Amy is a distraction But I don't need to worry about How she, Like in, in the day I don't need to go see her I don't need to make her food I don't need to Go f- like make sure that we walk together I don't need to make I basically can make my day fit how I want to fit, which is to be fair to Amy and me, we kind of do that anyway for me because of because of what I do, which is why you need to find a girlfriend who can sacrifice lots for you and and mainly just it's a one way sacrifice, um, which is pretty peak. But so I don't want it to sound horrible in that fact because she sacrificed so much for me. We sacrificed loads for my goal, you know, my goal. And, and and that's the most important thing to understand that it's my goal that, that we're making these sacrifices for but I have no distractions I don't have any excuse for distractions I don't have any excuse to fall off plan I don't have anything I'm just in this zen hyperbolic t- time chamber um, which I would prefer if it was a baby obviously but I'm not so I'm going to make the most of this, ne- this next 8 to 10 weeks hopefully shorter than that and I can go back home and I can train with to- Joe and Tom again and we can film and we can have the second half of this the second half of this um, prep season together, and that would be that would be massively ideal because we wanted to bring you. We we had so much content in mind. You know, we've got an office space for us with a podcast studio, for example, and we we're bringing high high production podcasts. Um, as well as that, we were going to obviously be training together, filming together every single week. But obviously, we can't do any of that. But hopefully, we can bring that back as soon as possible, and we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed until that moment happens. Um, but yeah, like other than that, I think that's pretty much a, an update with me. I was just going to run through a few questions just to uh, just to basically round this uh, podcast off. So then, first question. <laughs> If slash when, <laughs> I like this. If slash when you get your pro card, how long do you see yourself taking out a competition? Out before competing. So it's going to depend when or which show it happens at. Um, I'm more of that opinion. I'm like, do I say when it happens or do I keep saying if, when to be humble? Or like, because I obviously don't know that I'm going to get it. I don't 100% know. But then I'm like, no, I need to have this mindset of believing it. So just say when. You know, because I know that if you, you know, thoughts become things and shit like that. So I don't know. But if slash when you get your pro card, how long do you see yourself taking out um, competing? I would say, uh, depending on when it is. So I've got three shows I'm, gonna, I'm looking at, three pro qualifiers. Um, Ukraine, which doesn't have a pro show. Portugal, which does. And then the British, which I don't know whether it does. But for example, if I competed on the Saturday, got my pro card, and then I could compete on the Sunday for a, 
whatever a pro show it might be worth just doing that because it's just like a as a last show of the season because the goal is pro card I don't, I, don't, I don't need to get my pro card then compete as a pro that year and try and get an olympic qualification i'm not on that level but if it was like the ne a next day type thing and we could experiment with a carb load or experiment with an off-plan meal then all right maybe we'll try it uh, and give it a go just to see where we stand but other than that i'll take another year out i think i think i'd probably compete again in 2022-23 I don't, it would sort of depend how I look like if I've got a significant amount of mass that I need to gain again for example if I need to like this time I needed to put on a lot of muscle I needed to put on a good stone of muscle if I need to go ahead, go ahead and put on another stone then I'll probably take another year out if it's look more, looking more like I just need to fill in some gaps maybe half a stone <laughs> I don't know maybe 4 or 5 kilos or so then maybe would would we would look at um, competing again next year, but I think because of the timings, it probably and because of the way I've moved my drugs this year, it's probably going to make more sense just to take the year out. So yeah. Um, how often will your podcast be released? I'm probably going to do them. I'm going to do at least one a week. At least one a week. I'm thinking of doing two a week. One with a consistent like a, a podcast helper just someone to have a conversation with i was thinking about getting ethan on here um because we have some real good banter and we'll just whatever waffle about bodybuilding um and then one i'll do like like this like me just giving my updates doing my own q a's doing my own topics like i usually do but i don't know let me know let me know what you guys think about that what's your approach to improving the clavicle area so the clavicle area is your collarbone um, if anyone doesn't know the name of that joint, it's the sternoclavicular joint in the middle, and then you've got the <laughs> the outside of it towards the pec. I don't know. Anyway, your collarbone. How do you fill in your collarbone? And basically, he's talking about the muscles, the pec insertions in your sterno sternoclavicular joint, um, and that spans right across the the chest that connects back down into the delt. I would say the biggest thing that I've ever done that's changed the thickness and the density of that is is one changing all of my like I don't really flat press too much uh, or, or if I do flat press it's once or twice out of the, the couple rotations other than that uh, everything's incline everything's focused towards incline incline press first incline clavic I have incline clavicular flies which is a, a slightly higher incline biased fly so normal incline fly you'd be on like a 45 degree angle um, or pulling up at a 45 degree angle I much pull up at like a 70 degree and trying to squeeze those collarbones together I think those are the two things that have made a biggest difference changing everything to incline because you use your pec mostly anyway and then doing one or two um, lower pec movements and then you can uh, do some things like clavicular flies which you'll see um, me do about many many a times over prep and you've probably seen me do them before I never knew how I get through a whole 3D because I'm like halfway in and I'm absolutely rocking at the moment. Um, here we go. Um, can you change body fat distribution if you grow more muscle onto the area you hold fat? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. One thing that I know is is that body fat distribution can slightly change prep to prep. For example. My legs have probably stayed pretty lean this year. Um, I've had veins in my legs all the way up until 117 kilos, um, which only came out at like 103, 102 kilos last time I competed. 
maybe even under a hundred. So I've got, I'm, I've got like 17 kilos of tissue on me, whether it's muscle or fat, and I've still got veins. So I do think that body fat distribution changes. However, for me, it's been largely the same. Like I still have a really fat back. I still have lean abs. I still have leaner arms. Like that's always been my my body fat distribution. I definitely think that um, is this is this fucking charging or what? Got my phone plugged in and start charging. Absolutely fuming. Um, I think other than that, I don't think that you can like change your distribution of fat too much. Like sp specifically by like, I'm gonna get bigger arms, you know, and then you get bigger arms and then you can entirely focus on not having lean arms. I don't I don't think that that's possible. So yeah. That's just my advice there. Uh your KD on Cold War. Uh it's pretty high to be fair because I think they got skill based matchmaking. So I've literally had a there's probably like two point two or something at the moment. Um I've not had bad games yet because everyone's rubbish. But I'm sure it will uh I'm sure it will change. Uh, everything about your cycle going into the show so I don't talk about, I don't talk about my, I just see the question here. I'm not going to answer this question, but thoughts on McGregor versus Poirier and calculating maximal recovery volume. volume. This is such a tangent. Um, so I don't like talking about my cycle on Instagram because you get banned very easily. I don't like talking about my cycle on YouTube because you get banned very easy. Um, it's also too, it's also a little bit long form for Instagram. So I couldn't do like a, a full day story on what I do because I don't know people just miss slides and I don't think it's very educational excuse my sniffing by the way I promise it's the last day I'm ill um, so here we go so testosterone is at 300 um, I finished my off season at 300 I literally started at 200 milligrams of testosterone bumped to 250 bumped to 300 stayed there for 8 weeks or you know 10 weeks maybe after doing 8 weeks or 200 um, so I've started my test at 300. I've got 300 Primo in as well. The reason why Primo is in is because it's a very, very, very well-rounded drug. It's going to modulate your androgen to estrogen ratio so I can get away with not having any, like I've not used an aromatized inhibitor since prep 2019. It's now 2021. Do you know what I mean? Because of the way I've managed to do my stack design, which has been amazing. So 300 test, 300 Primo, which is going to help modulate that. Um, we've also got 100 Masteron in there, which is going to further help that. It's also a slightly drier drug, so it's going to bring in a little bit more cosmetic look. But that's only at 100 milligrams, nothing nothing high at all. Um, and then we've got 100 milligrams of Trenin. Now, a lot of people are going to go, oh my God, you got Trenin from the start. Well... I do, but it's 100 milligrams. And if we do look at long-term studies, 100 milligrams of, of, of Trembolone is, is is right below where it starts to get massively, um, all the side effects start to increase. Trembolone is a very, very tissue-selective drug. Um, so much so that as soon as you go over that tissue selectivity, which from the research I've looked at, from the consultations that I've had, from the people that I've talked to, 100 milligrams seems to be that. 100, 150 depending on your size, seems to be that sweet spot um, of not having crazy side effects, which is sort of weird because I actually ran it for 16 weeks um, at 100 milligrams the whole time. I ran it for 16 weeks in my in my off-season. And actually, my bloods came back the best they ever had post-blast because of the combination of drug use that we had because we were using things at their almost therapeutic doses, like testosterone has been used up to 500 milligrams as a ther therapeutic dose on people that respond really well 
primobolin has been used up to 1200 milligrams in therapeutic use or maybe even 1300 in women who are more androgenic than men you know so we're using very very calculated doses with research behind them rather than just like nah 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 this is this is what this is what fucking big rammy said do you know what i mean <laughs> which is which is also fine to use because there is a point when you get to those sizes and you get to that sort of type of size and i don't think anyone that size is listening to this podcast to be honest so a lot of this information is relevant you don't need these fucking stupid doses i've never taken over 300 milligrams of testosterone in my life do you know what i mean and i've managed to put on like i've gone from 95 kilos natural to 116 kilos not natural and in in 20 months like i've put on a shitload of size from just just using the right amounts of drugs and as soon as you start going towards these ceiling doses where you need things to counteract them for example as soon as you need an aromatized inhibitor for testosterone for me that's a ceiling dose you know like you need three you can have 400 milligrams of testosterone but you need x amount of aromadex per, per week to keep it in just drop it to 300 and see what happens do you know what i mean i'm at 300 i don't need anything we'll probably go to 350 we'll see if we need anything and we're going to keep pushing that boundary of bringing your aromatize up to a point where it's just below where you feel any type of side effect um and that's the type of that's the type of thing I've been doing for the last eighteen months is just using things in conjunction with their different pathways. You know, for example, we've got a glutocorticoid um, binding, which is where the trend comes in. You know, we've also got a and like straight anabolism protein turnover. So where Primo comes in. You know, there's so many different facets that drugs or so many different pathways that drugs work down. That all I'm trying to do is. Instead of hammering one pathway, like the aromatized pathway, and sticking 500 test and 500 EQ in, you know, I'm actually spreading my bets across multiple different pathways at much, much lower doses with minimal side. I've not had a side effect. The only side effect I've had in two years, well, I say two years, uh, this off-season, I should say, has been, one, my blood pressure got a little bit high on MPP because it was holding a lot of water, and two... I didn't feel great on my last blast and I think it was from Proviron because it had my estrogen too low and I think that's those are the only two things where I felt off where I've not felt myself or I've not felt 100% great and I didn't feel the blood pressure one I just noted it it got up to like 155 or something because I was so watery and that was at like 117 as well so that's when we called that that's when we called it and we pulled that out and we started dropping weight and then it went back down so those are the two things um, that I've noted off the, off the off season and we're going to go through um, a sort of an escalation approach. And I find this is the best thing that I use with clients. This is the best thing that I use with myself. It's the best thing that I've noted other people do. is just escalating the dose to your tolerance, you know. For someone who's new to it, you know, you start really low and just work up and get the most out of the least. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Obviously, I'm starting at 300 milligrams. Um, you know of testosterone and primo and 100 meg of the other two i imagine that test will probably bump up a, a 50 uh test will uh sorry primo will bump up a couple hundred you know i'll probably end up on six seven hundred meg of primo but like we said earlier we know we can go up to 1.3 grams fairly safely do not quote me do not do this yourself i am not a doctor i am not anyone else i'm giving you my experience trend probably won't go above 150 i wouldn't have thought you know, Mastron will probably come up a, a couple hundred milligrams and, and we'll just escalate as you get flatter. 
And I find that really, really good because, you know, while you're dieting harder and you're losing more fat quicker and potentially turning your ability to lose fat up a little bit, we're just bumping up the dose so that doesn't happen. You know, you hold your fullness and you hold that cosmetic look. So that was a little bit of a rant. And that's like, I think it's important to explain these things as much as we can because it's very easy for people to take a clip of that and go, oh, Josh takes this. Like, for example, this is the, this is the caveat of this. You've all now listened to that and said, oh, wow, that, that makes sense. That sounds really, really good. You, you're working on multiple different pathways. Josh uses 300, 300, 100, 100. That sounds pretty good. Let me try that. Well, guess what? I'm 116 kilos, been using steroids for two years. I'm an ex, I'm an ex timeline in my bodybuilding career. I've done this in the past. I've pushed higher in the past. I, like All of that comes into consideration into my dose do you know what i mean so there's not you couldn't just take my blueprint and move on to you you could use the blueprint of safer use you could understand glutocorid glutocorid binding you could understand anabolism you could understand the aromatized pathway and you could use those but just at unique doses to you you know so you've got to be very very conscious of that and that's why i like to talk about it on a podcast because i'm hoping that the people that listen to the podcast listen to most of it and you like you're not just like for example in a youtube video you just hear someone tell you their cycle and then you click off do you know what i mean like it's it's very it's the attention's not necessarily there but people who listen to podcasts are here to listen to podcasts so you i can sit explain it you can understand it and you can just get why i'm making decisions rather than people going on like for example if i did this on youtube i'd have a hundred comments saying you're a fucking idiot for using trend you know but they wouldn't have listened to the point where i said i'm using a hundred milligrams you know, if I feel any side effects, I drop it out. If I feel shit, I drop it out. This is based off research. This is based off usage. This is based off this, this, and this. So, you know, fuck off. <laughs> so, yeah, got to be conscious of that. I'm going to do a couple more questions. And we're going to... We're going to get back into it. Um, how low will you be taking your calories in this prep? I have no idea. Um... I ended, when I was natural, I ended, my lowest was like 17 fucking 1800, which killed me. Last year, I got to about 2.4, 2.3. This is on average, so I had slightly higher days and lower days. But I'd all, uh, and I was doing a lot of cardio and steps. So I'm hoping a little bit above that. Above that. I got a little bit more muscle. I got, uh, you know, my off season was a little bit more successful. I'm hoping that as I come down, it's, uh, I don't go as low as before. I think, yeah. I think I think that's that, yeah. When is your first show this year? Um, maybe maybe we'll um, maybe we'll end on this one. Um, so my shows this year, guys. Mark them in your books. There's only one in England, so if you do want to come come support the boy, June sixth is the, I think it's the Muscle Works Classic or something like that. It's it's sponsored by by Muscle Works Two Bros Pro. June sixth. I think it's in Watford, is my guess. Although I'm not 100 percent sure. We've then got the week after in Ukraine, pro qualifier. We've then got July 16th, 17th, which is a pro qualifier, Amateur Olympia Portugal. And then we've got final pro qualifier, because if I feel like if I've not done it in three, I might not do it. If anything crops up in between, don't count me out. I might do I might do uh, another one if I can find one, you know. But I don't want to just fucking compete for months and months and months on end and not get what I need to come for. If I don't get it, I'm just going to take, take it on the chin and say I'm not good enough. Um, and then finally, August 1st or 2nd, which is the British finals. 
So Ukraine, Portugal, um, British finals, which you guys could come to as well. I'm not sure where that will be, but I'll let you know. And that'll be my my four shows, if not maybe f- maybe five or six. If there's some within that two month frame that I can just fucking quickly quickly get to, then I'll do it. But I wouldn't probably extend it much more than that because that'll be six months on prep and on cycle. So. We've got to be conscious of those things as well. I'm going to leave you guys there a little over half an hour. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. You know, we've got plenty more. We've got so much content. I've got three episodes filmed for the new series. Um, And I'll give you guys an exclusive. It's called The Time Is Now. The Time Is Now. Because best believe it's my time right now. (laughs) Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. We'll see you very, very soon. Peace and love, everybody. Goodbye.